Hey everybody, it's the crew here. We want to wish you all a Merry Skylights or whatever crazy holiday your crazy world is celebrating. Guys, wish them some merry shit. Be merry, friends. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening on episode day, December 25th, thank you very much for giving us a little piece of your day. Thank you, thank you. Hope you guys are having a great time and a relaxing time. Without further ado, let's get into it. undergoing some magical difficulties. Please be patient. Our regularly scheduled content will return shortly. Alright guys, last week we talked morning dookies. This week we're talking night dookies. What you got for me? I don't... <laughs> I don't night dookie. Or we can talk about, you know, or the holidays. No, we're, no, yeah. we're, no, no, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna reconcile a couple of things here. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, uh, happy birthday, Stephen. Oh, thank you. Uh, Couple, couple, uh, couple days. But yeah. yeah, as of, the, as, as of this recording, know. it's two days from now. But mm-hmm. when this releases, it's going to be after your birthday. So mm-hmm. this is your birthday episode, and uh, actually, by this time, our lovely listeners will have seen some some birthday content. Yay! Hey, birthdays. Happy birthday, Stephen. Birthday content at Big Water. We saw so big much water. big water, some guys. Big water. So much big water. Oh, big water. Oh, yeah. big water. Oh, you got to post some of those videos too. Um, yeah, I threw one up on the story already. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, as we were as we were arriving to Jeremy's, there was a sign uh, further down the road, the road that I take home. It says it's closed, uh, crossing over the Amanusik River. So when uh, when we're done recording here, we're gonna have to get creative with the map. See, yeah, how we can, ooh, see how we can get home. There's yeah. flooding. Every, we were at Walmart earlier getting stuff for the show, and we actually, they, they, they evacuated the store. The, yeah. the parking lot was flooding. It's crazy. Uh, so on our way home, we had to stop at like three different river spots to look at how big the water was. It was mm-hmm. really big. It was, it was big. so cool. Yeah. Uh, the weird thing is like the, the photos, the pictures, just just don't do big water justice. Oh, don't no. do big water no. justice. No. You got to be there. Yeah. It, it, was, it, was, it was beautifully freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Nature's wild. Yeah. Damn nature, you scary. <laughs> so we're looking forward to a wet Christmas here in the the, the New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's going to be a green yeah. Christmas. Uh, before we get too far into this, one more reconciliation we have to do. Yes. How was Florida, David? How was Florida, How was David? Florida. We totally we spaced last week, and I felt really, really fucking bad. I mean, it was good. It was good. I played a lot of Dragon Quest Monsters: The Dark Prince. <laughs> that is a perfect Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Really good game. Really good. You were um, in the hot tub? That was in a hot tub. You did some I kayaking. Went on a kayak okay. trip. Yeah, it was good. Nice. Good old time. Good old time. Okay. 
know what's more exciting than Florida, though? What's more exciting than Florida? What's more exciting than Florida is it happened yesterday. I finally received my Christmas meat pie, so my dookies will be ho merry this evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I got banana bread, too. It's, a great, it's gonna so be a good all, Christmas. All, all is merry and not so bright. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I know. I want to do some more holiday cooking. I'm excited. I want to try to do ooh, yeah. a meat pie for you, David. Not to compete. I won't you win can't. that fight. I you won't can't. win that fight. I just want to like, just want to be like, hey, is is mine good too? <laughs> no. So you guys want to start the episode? <laughs> Roll for initiative. Speaking of, things that, speaking of things that aren't good. Oh, Jesus. The situation you're in isn't very good. Oh, okay. Steven. I thought that was going to go somewhere meaner. Ready to go. Let's fucking do it. We are outside the rather opulent master bathroom in the manner of Itzmindel Prado. In this isolated hallway, Rune Rusong holds uh, Turbo, the Turbo. back familiar of Blanche Trudeau. Blanche, you are seeing through Tr- uh, Turbo's eyes. Are you hearing through his ears too, correct? Yeah. And Rune is looking you in the eyes. That smile still on his face. You see his eyes are sort of flickering this way and that. He's thinking deeply, his grip shaking. Is there anything you want to do? Mechanically, I don't think there is anything that she can do. Um, Waiting is also fully a a possibility. Yeah, she's going to struggle and try to break his grip. You want to roll for it? Yeah, I'll roll for it. You're a bat, so roll for the bat. Um, Okay. Could be a contested athletics check. You can also use your acrobatics, so dexterity or your strength. Okay, yeah, dex is going to be the way to go for this little bat. Twenty-one. I rolled a natural one. Oh, excellent! Oh, I yeah. said his grip was shaking. Something has really set him off, and you actually very easily um, the bat sort of sort of squirms. I mean, imagine and, trying to hold a bat. Yeah, like, seriously. He had a grip strong before, but like now his, his, his hand's shaking and, and you're, you're just, you like push your strength into the bat. You like, you're willing it. You're talking to it, right? You can communicate with this thing. Yeah. And so with your sort of, your knowledge of combat, you know, you just wrestled a pig man. You broke out of his grip. So you just slide out of Rue's greasy hand, um, sort of unfurling your wings and his eyes are still following you. And as if this has just made up his mind, he just looks you in the eyes and says, whatever happens next, you just remember that he did not stand in the way. And his grin does not settle. The shock in his eyes does not fade. But Rune Rusong turns away from you and simply walks away. Just know that I did not stand in the way? He walks away, and unless you want to do anything to stop him, he's moving down around the corner and vanishing from sight, leaving your sight, perhaps leaving this manor. Huh. Yeah, that's... Um, <clears throat> could I maybe... Could I maybe roll insight to try to, to... Yeah. Like, is he afraid? Absolutely, roll insight. Just a 12. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, even with a 12. He's not hiding it. There is fear there. There is fear mingled with excitement. Something huge is happening. All right, then 
I mean, I guess all Blanche can do at this point is continue on with her mission. She's got to look through, look through for Eatsman's, uh, Eatsman's office, I think is kind of her. That's your game. That's, that's the game. Hell yeah. Uh, I updated our little map. So, and I'll tell you all this right now. I got, you know, you can kind of see it visually there, but let me give you a breakdown of what, what's going on with you. Mm Mm-hmm. This bathroom you're currently in is somewhat centrally located on the first floor of the Western Wing. Uh, if you look about 80 feet or so down the hallway, you'll see it opens into the entrance hall where you first moved in here. Uh, you see that same armored suit that stood in your way before is still standing in that sort of doorway. Uh, it's back against you, or back against the door, like, you know, facing you, so it's not looking towards you. You could feasibly move over this guard's head and into the upper floor of the manor and still be within your 100-foot range. Essentially, this means that both the first and second floors of the Western Wing are within your range where where you are now in this bathroom, as well as some of the party terrace outside and the Western roof of the manor. 100 feet up, yeah, you can hit the roof. Um, Moving about can be risky, though. You do not know how the armored guard may react to a pest. Sure. Uh, The one boon that you have is that nobody but Rune seems to know that you are on the inside, right? right? This is a private bathroom, not likely to be disturbed by anybody a perfect base of operations from which to scout the manor. So you can you can roll investigation, you can roll stealth if you want to, like, move about things quickly. Mm-hmm. You want to push into the upper floors or move down this floor, um, potentially risking passing the guard. Or I will say that if you want to spend time to very slowly, meticulously learn the layout of the manor, find other ways, maybe open windows you can use to traverse the second floor to the roof to wherever, mm-hmm. I'll let you scout the manor but it's going to cost time. And you won't have any checks. You can play this safe. You are, this is a good-ass setup you've, you've created for yourself. Okay, yeah. Um, first, really quick, before um, before I go into that, we'll post a picture of the map at, at some point, but I kind of just want to, um, to describe. If you're looking at the map bird's eye, it kind of looks like a T-shirt, and split down the sternum is like the long entrance hall that we came in. And, like, the right-hand sleeve and the left-hand sleeve are sort of like the wings. And then the big flowing bottom is the terrace. Mm. And Blanche is in that left-hand sleeve. So, now to your bargain. I like the idea of spending time and observing. Would you give me any extra time if I ignored the first floor? and wanted to stealth to get to the second floor and then take your look-around deal because I kind of feel like his office isn't going to be on the first floor. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'm taking a bet there. Yeah. We'll say a full scouting would take maybe an hour and a half, two hours to like really oh, take wow, yeah. around. But we'll say that if you want to skip the first floor, um, you'll have the entire second floor mapped out safely mm-hmm. within an hour. If you okay. want to go, yeah, I think I think that's about that seems like a pretty good amount of time. Yeah. So one more thing is that I'll have any sort of special abilities that the bat has, which um, means things like blind sight and keen hearing. The bat has advantage on wisdom checks that rely on hearing. So um, yeah, let's let's go for that. You said you wanted a stealth check for me to get upstairs? Yes, you want to go upstairs immediately. You're going to, through the the only way you'd know for sure to get up there right now, 
if you're not going to scout the first floor at all, is to move <clears throat> over the armored guard in the entrance hall and move up to like the balcony sort of second store, second story railing. Okay. So, give me a stealth check. I'm going to give you a button first. Okay. Oh. Okay. Boy. Okay. I, I just I, I, right. I can't fail this one. No. This, this is so no. important. 19 for the first roll and lower for the second. Going off of my passives, that's fine. Okay. So you nice. take your moment well when there's no guests moving through the room, when the guards are all facing away, and you skitter up the wall, flying very swiftly, moving very quickly out of the room and into the second floor. Part of why it takes you a long time in the second floor, if you want to fully scout it, is there are armored guard, looks like one per wing, moving slowly down the hallway on a sort of route. So as it passes, you need to kind of like duck behind a table or something like that. So it's that maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have you roll stealth for this. I'm, just, I'm more just explaining why it takes a long time for you to get a full mental map of the second story. Sure, but you shave some time by ignoring the first. I hope it pays off. Mm. Okay. I mean, my my thought is, if it's not on the second floor, then I can still go back to the first floor. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's also assuming that this is the wing that Eatsman's offices in is a whole other half of the building. I will say this. What was he going to say? I forgot. <laughs> I just looked at my mind. <laughs> you, you looked at me like I knew. <laughs> Jeremy? You're, like, you're looking for clues from me. Jeremy, explain. Sure. It. Take it away, Jeremy. <laughs> explain myself. Oh, um, and, and yeah. and Oh, look, we just won the game. <laughs> yeah, we, Oh, it was, level five? Yeah, like, everything we needed was in his office. Oh, man. Oh, look, Zeb's back. <laughs> oh, thanks, Atosh. I will say this. Uh, you have time. You're spending some time exploring this floor. You're being careful. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a brief layout of what you're what you're finding. Okay. I think the first thing you're going to notice is that somewhere almost directly above the bathroom you are currently in, one door on the second floor very much stands out. Rather than the wooden doors you're seeing all around with, like, openings on the bottom, you know, actual, like, ways of getting through, yeah. there's one very heavily secured door. All right. I mean, I guess that's... Steel, locked... Sure. Sealed. You, I think, as especially as a wizard, might recognize the magical wards placed at the, sort of at the base of the door. Cool. I'm guessing that there's no way that the bat is sneaking through that door. I think that's going to be very challenging. Okay. Getting into that door is a problem, but you, like I said, you're spending an hour exploring, right? Maybe there's more to find. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's do that. Okay. I, mean, I, I got nothing else to go on unless I'm gonna. Yeah. I will quickly recap what you learn in one hour. There are many rooms, many rooms branching off from these hallways, many of them much the same. Guest chambers, you know, cozy little living spaces, a few personal libraries. Most of these rooms seem entirely unused. You find many exits, small cracked windows, whatever, like, you know, letting the cool night air in. Um, getting the mustiness out of this old building that you can use to sort of like squeeze outside. You can scan the view of the party so you kind of have some idea of what things look like in the night or in the coming night. You also have gained access to the roof via these sort of windows. You do find that perhaps just above that sealed door, there is a vent on the roof. I mentioned this before, actually, last episode. Uh, The right wing, or the eastern wing, has like two different stone masonry chimneys taking out smoke coming out of them. Gotcha. But the western wing, where you stand, has a metal uh, sort of vent chimney, more 
uh, uh, shorter, wider, uh, an iron sort of grate covering it, and you realize... A bat could probably slip in. A bat could probably slip in. You also realize a workshop like this, it would make sense if anything dangerous is happening inside. Mm -hmm. They would need some way to get smoke, get chemicals out. Sure. All right. I'm going to send Turbo down in there. Okay. Turbo's about to go down in. We'll say that this is after one hour. You now stand at the precipice of this. Turbo squeezing through the bars and about to push deeper down. We started at 6 o'clock. It is now 7 o'clock p.m., and I want to cut back to Dresden before we resolve this. Okay. To see what Dresden's been up to in this time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dresden. Yes. You have just been contacted, well, at least about an hour ago, by Itzmin Del Prado himself. He has asked to meet with you inside meeting chamber number two just after 8 o'clock. Jean Franklin is still inside meeting chamber number four, discussing matters of business with Samuel LaRoche. How are you spending your time while waiting for your, uh, your lord? <laughs> I think initially Dresden stood at the door for a little bit, you know, like maybe five minutes or so. Okay. Uh, and then I think he has decided to slowly wander about the party, not speaking to anybody, but keeping a keen ear open. Okay. And trying to pick up on anything he can hear. Okay. Could I... Could I roll some stuff yes. to see if I heard anything? I'd like a perception check. So this is going to be a check that will cover, you know, what you hear within this hour period. Digging this hey, music. Steven, what does this dice say? Twanzoni. What? Okay. Natural fucking 20. That's, that's really good. I'm okay with this. That's really good. I'm very okay with this. Let's resolve your passive perception first, and then I'm going to resolve the crit afterwards. You're going to get some okay. big off that crit. Ooh, baby. Ooh, um, yeah. You're going to learn some news earlier than it might have come up, and this is really cool. Nice. Nice. Okay. With your passive, as you move around the party, you know this. A lot of people in this party are, are kind of on edge um, because this, this sort of news is spreading of a very sudden loss of the crystal network. Suddenly the broadcast has just gone out. Magical difficulties. No one really knows what's going on. Um, it went down at almost exactly 6 o'clock p.m. This is a, a rare occurrence, but not wholly unheard of. And a lot of people are chalking up to a local issue, potential interference from the growing magic on Sansation as the Night of the Remembered start grows ever closer. There's sort of this evident magic that's permeating everything. Maybe it's interfering. Hasn't happened before, but who's to say it can't happen now, right? Still, it's strange. Another thing that strikes you as you move about this party is that you do not see Blanche at all. Now, you fully witnessed the pig man's foolhardy show earlier. Uh, you heard him calling Blanche's name as he went around picking up mm -hmm. uh, armored guard and, you know, essentially juggling them, whatever the fuck. Uh, you know you know that Blanche has done something. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know something's happening. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's been in the trenches enough. He's, he's, <laughs> he's played with minds enough to know that that was her doing entirely. Hell yeah. So you know Blanche is up to something. You don't know where she is. Right. You don't know what she's doing. Perhaps you assume that whatever she's about, wherever she is, Ramin has joined her for, as you move around this party, you see no sign of Ramin Rasul hmm. at huh. all. Shit. And while player Jeremy knows that's odd, there's no reason for Dresden to think that he would be anywhere else but with her. <clears throat> Fuck. It's quite odd. Huh. Dresden, as you're moving about the party, I think you kind of reach more of a, a, an area uh, 
that more staff are kind of holding out at. And I think your general sort of look right now is that of, you know, some armed staff. I think you mm-hmm. sort of blend in. People don't realize necessarily that you're not, you, you're an outsider in this little circle. Sure. People are kind of in the sort of corner of the terrace and they're sort of whispered uh, talking. This is your 20, by the way. This is some big shit. Okay. They're sort of hurriedly discussing what they're going to do later. You realize now what Rune noticed before, what you didn't realize last episode, that many of the staff are armed, that they have the build and the sort of uh, uh, postures of trained soldiers. You've seen this before. These guys are ready to fight. And might strike you as odds. Maybe you followed them over here. Maybe you're listening closely. But they are discussing very nervously um, being prepared because 8 o'clock is coming soon. And at 8 o'clock, when the magic permeates the land, when all the dead come back, the armored guard, their arcane cores will be overwhelmed. And there will be a period of time where they will not function. And so as a backup measure, in case of any revolution activity, anything going on, a lot of the staff here are trained to intervene during that period. They don't want it known that the armored guard have a weakness. The AG-5 should be invincible, but this is a huge oversight. It can only really happen here. It can only happen in a world like this. But it's rather strange. Okay. I got to be honest. I thought you were going a bit of a different direction with that. I thought you were going to say something like... uh, that's the cue for the slaughter. I've seen, yeah, some red wedding shit <laughs> or red order 66 shit. shit. <laughs> I've seen enough movies to know everybody at that party's dead. You just turn to the corner. Activate order 66. <laughs> and the guards just turn around saluting. No, but I, I, I very much like this better. Yeah, no, this is crazy. Here's okay. the problem. You Holy have shit. incredible information. Yeah. Blanche doesn't. No. If there's any way you can get information to Blanche when you don't know where she is, that right. could be huge. But you right. learn this, and we'll say you learn this, like, maybe at the half hour point, 6.30. Is there any means you could think of that you can get this information to Blanche? It could be helpful in her endeavors. Remember, you can you flash back. flashbacks, yeah. If you wanted to create a line of communication that you guys would need during this thing, you could make that happen. Wait, okay, how would that work with this, though? It's up to you. It's creativity. Yeah, you, you decide how... Before this started, you guys might have decided, hey, if we need to talk to each other, here's what we do. You can flash back and retcon that that happened with a button cost. Oh, so, okay, so I could flash back, give her the info. Flash back and basically have, like, you just give me a reason why you'd have some kind of dead drop for information during this party. Like, hey, if we separate, you know, here's how we're going to tell each other stuff. Right. Like That's one could, way to do it. We could flash back and say that we brought stones of far speech or something. You need to, that we might need to do a roll for, because that's going to be mm-hmm. a thing that would be hard to get a hold of, but yeah. I don't know what other means, though. Where, where would we have gotten those from, though? Paloma. Or wherever. A store. We could just pull some shit out of our ass and say, hey, this we got these. Basically, uh, if it's a reasonable ask, then I might just give it to you for the okay. cost of the button and the flashback. If it's something that was going to require, like, a check of some sort, or their luck sure. check, or a skill check, okay. you're going to roll that during the flashback. The button will be given to me regardless. The attempt will cost a button. Okay. Yeah, let's do that, then. So how does the far speech work then, as opposed to the sending stones? It's the same thing. Uh, it's, it's a different uh, term. Okay. I think I used this term once before, but stone ascending is the tech. Or sending stones, the technical. Okay. Uh, magic item term. Um. So I mean, I guess we could pretend that either a Paloma had some to let us borrow, or that what wouldn't... it costs to buy. I will let you do either. You can buy the sending stones. Okay. I will say a pair of sending stones would cost. Well, Dresden is broke as shit. Oh, because you spent your money beforehand. I think it's going to cost something like 
Two fifty each, five hundred per oh, pair. Yeah, oh Jesus I, I Christ! Can't do that. They're I, a powerful yeah. magical item. So in there. I, then we're gonna have, yeah. Then we'll have, have to, to just hope that we got some from Paloma. Yeah, hope that yeah. the resistance has some that we can borrow. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. All right, give me that button. Well, what's the? Do we get to know what the check is gonna be like? Like you know, if it's like a, a, a one in a hundred chance, then maybe we don't spend the button. That's but if fair. it's like right. a 50-50, maybe we decide right. to spend the button. I will tell you that when we go into this flashback, I'm going to make it a 50-50 chance that she has sending stones. I'll let you guys roll if you want. Give you 100. That's your call, man. I'm not. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. It it's your button. This is the only way to potentially ensure that Blanche can get this information. Yeah. Uh, I... I'm willing to offer something because I want to make this mechanic sort of clear for everybody. Okay. Um, it's also it's not just getting items. Right. You could create a plan like no, maybe well, there's I was, a, I was, I was thinking about bringing that up, being, being like, okay, if we're separated for twenty to thirty minutes, let's meet at a central point. I know. You but I might don't know. know that Blanche was going to do this find familiar. So you might know that if you see okay. a bat flying around, maybe like Blanche, you could have a dead drop point where Dresden could leave a note. Something even like that, or Dresden can just like stand in one spot. You can come close if he's like close to the edge of the terrace. You're yeah, flying. He, okay. Oh, flying. Yeah, sure. He can whisper oh, yeah, information. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I want to um, open you guys up. I don't like, want to. Turbo has really good hearing. Oh yes. Perfect. So, okay. So so why don't we why don't we say we flash back, and we say, after we're separated for thirty minutes. Right. Turbo comes. Turbo comes to tr- tries to come to find in Dresden. The vicinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Dresden will pass that information. Okay. Hell there, yeah. There's one caveat though. Okay. You have to say it like flashback. Yeah. God, now I got to make a flashback ready? sound for this, <laughs> like ready? a legit flashback. You guys ready? Flashback. 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 We're back here's, in here's the button. mines beneath Salazar, as you guys are making your plan, and we're uh, we're going to be separated for a time, soldier boy. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll be using Turbo. He's got incredible hearing. Uh, on the half hour, I will make him known to you. Speak in his direction, and I'll hear your message. I'll make sure to keep my eyes out. Aye. I. I. <laughs> <laughs> it took you so long. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. I mean, I I I did this. I'm so giddy. I did this. <laughs> End flashback. I'm so giddy. We did the thing. I really want to do the thing. Ah, okay. Well, and I'm glad. I, I, I don't feel so <laughs> dumb now, too, because, I mean, at least now all the listeners have an idea of what the hell this mechanic is. Mm-hmm. No, that's what I wanted it's, really it's, badly it's, was it's, a showcase. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that it was so fluid and right. open to creativity. I thought it was literally just like for an item. No, think, yeah, it's just blades in the dark. Yeah. You haven't, I've been listening to podcasts for it. And okay, I yeah, I think, I okay, think that's why yeah. it's, I think that's why it's yeah. easier for David and I because we've heard the mechanic be used right. before. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah okay. So, so like that. So maybe before Turbo flies down in the grate, maybe he uh, flies over the rest of the top of the roof and down, sort of in front of the the building adjacent to the terrace, and he's flying back and forth. Looking for Dresden. You catch him. You find a spot. I'll say cool. towards the side of the place, Turbo. You can like move under the terrace where no one's really seeing you. Oh. Dresden, you're kind of like standing at the terrace edge, and you know you could speak a command or speak words. No one else will hear, but Turbo will hear clearly. Okay. What, what were the guards called again? Uh, the AG5 or AG5. armored guard, whatever you want to oh. go for. At eight o'clock, the AG5 will be defenseless. 
helpless. That's why everyone else is armed. And after a moment, when Dresden's done speaking, Turbo flies back to uh, back to his mission. I can't believe you Nat 20 didn't got that. I can't believe <laughs> you Nat 20 didn't got that. Okay, that yeah, it was pretty clutch. That was pretty clutch. Really cool. Yeah. Um, wow. I was not, like, in my notes, there's a, I did not expect this to even come up. Uh, that, um, that, that is a gigantic nugget of information. Huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge. Amazing. Okay, so you move back to the top of the vent, and now it is 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock, the door to meeting chamber number 4 slides open, and Samuel Roche bustles out, looking all for the world as joyful as can be, just, ha, 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 yes, yes, Motelio, ha, and he's so happy. Um, you know, he had a good time in there, and he's just, like, moving out to the party. Once again, his booming laughter just overshadowing everything else because he is just, he's the star of the show here. Nice. Um, Jean Franklin comes out behind him. Uh, he looks very sort of uh, snarky, haughty, usual self, but as Samuel kind of fades into the crowd, uh, he just... His shoulders drop. He looks exhausted. It has been one hour. One hour in a room with that man. Yeah. Pretty Um, pretty miserable. He goes to find you, Dresden. And I think I'll just say he, like, pretty quickly catches on to where you are. Uh, He looks for you, finds you, and sort of bustles over, like, actually, before I have him talk, let's resolve what Jean Franklin learned. Oh. Last session, you had John Franklin put on a show of force before walking in. Correct. I thought that was really cool. I think that's going to create more of a, an in with Samuel, give them more connectivity because Samuel's an asshole, so I think he respects asshole behavior to lesser. <laughs> um, and I want to I want to appreciate like how cool that, that move was, uh, Jeremy. So, Steven rolled us the advantage. That was the help action that Dresden gave in, in that scene. So I want you to roll a persuasion check. That's going to be a plus one just charisma check from Jean to see what he learned. Okay. If anything. 17. 17. Okay. He moves to you, Dresden. Did you did you hear me in there? Had the fool laughing on the floor. I'm surprised the band still bothered playing over it. My, my ears are still ringing from the damn noise. Ugh. How do you stand the man? You live with him? Um, I will say one thing that's very interesting is you were staying outside the door for a while, Dresden. Correct. You heard nothing. Mm. Uh, the first nugget of information you get just from this is that uh, there must be a combination of soundproofing in the walls and maybe the sounds of revelry all around you. Um, things happening in the manor are relatively impossible to hear. So one thing that's not, you know, could be in, important later. Who knows? Okay. Um, John Franklin will also go on to explain, like, uh, let's just say <laughs> I learned a lot. I played the, the pompous ass. He fed right into it. But I also acted uh, sort of foolish, you know. I, I let him think I was a weak turtle. And boy, did he spill everything. There was an implication that Marvel and Tresna are, are well acquainted with Lady Cerise LaRoche. I, I tested old Samuel on his own connections, put him in a contest with that wife of his, and he, oh, the fool does know some juicy Marvel secrets. Um, not many of them are terribly important to us, but I do have evidence against Marvel if, if ever needed. I think that's all he really knows, though. Mm. With 17, he just knows he has some information. There's not a lot more he could gain from Samuel. Okay. But... You do at least know, you know, you probably assume this already, but now you have confirmation that the LaRoche family, the Colt, the Fractured Horn, Cerise, all of that are connected to Marvel Ironworks, to the mm-hmm. Tresina, perhaps to Eatsman. Okay. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Yes, well, mayhaps the knowledge will come in handy. He definitely suffered for it. What have you been doing? I've been getting some information of my own, keeping my ears out. Ears. 
<laughs> Why still, you... got, still got two of those. I know. Why'd I, you say it like I that? Know. Ask that asshole DM. <laughs> uh, you've been looking around and noticing that uh, most of the staff is armed. No. Look around. My God, most of the staff are armed. <laughs> <laughs> shit hits the fan with this uh this dead knight those armored guards are gonna go defenseless they'll be overpowered very well good then we'll stand ready this is the top of seven o'clock like the seventh hour um is there anything else you want to do with jean franklin as this night proceeds what is your next step or do you want to take some time to think about that you can also just mingle with guests let time pass i think that's that's Dresden's main intention is to continue to listen. Okay. And um, you know that in approximately one hour, when these guards shut down, now you realize the reason Ethan may have told you eight o'clock, that's when you're supposed to meet. Meeting chamber two. Perhaps mm-hmm. it's because we can get in without Yeah. And no one can hear you. Yep. And no one can hear you. That meeting is coming up soon. Yep. So with that being known, at least, I think we're... Do we know where, where the meeting room is? Yes. Okay. They're all numbered so, and lined up against the edge of the manor on the terrace. Okay, so... Yeah, okay, we're just... We're mingling about, but as it get, as time gets closer, we're going to nonchalantly kind of mingle more towards that door. I love it. Meeting Chamber 2 is also set into the back of the western wing. So as you work your way towards that door, you also work your way towards Blanche Trudeau who rests in an opulent bathroom, her back, her shell to the door, locked and seemingly safe, not far from where you stand. And we'll go back to Blanche. The bat works its way through the grates. There's a... Actually, you can't smell in this form, can you? I I don't think so. All right, never mind then. It's actually, honestly, great. I don't want to describe spells. I don't understand smells. Smells are alien to me. They're a strange concept that I will never be able to fully, like, grasp. So, cool. Let's not... You can live in my world for the night. Okay. I mean, if it's not important, then I won't bother looking at it. It's up. not important at all. Okay. I just... Just scene chewing. Mm-hmm. Blanche, you push your way through and you work your way down. Down the vent. You can see where it opens up into a larger room below. Roll me a perception check. This is before you even enter the room. You're looking down, and what you see is a sheen of steel below you. Looks like maybe the the top of some steel work table, and uh, like a steel cover, you know, panel covered floor beneath it. As you're moving down towards the room, eighteen. With an eighteen, you are moving down closer and closer, and perhaps you stop before entering the room in full, because you catch a glimmer of red passing across the sort of you know, the sheen of metal, a reflection, a red light. And it immediately makes you think of the red light that emanates from the helms of the AG-5. Huh. This room is guarded from the inside. It'd be very dangerous to proceed inside of it. If you do go in there, we're going to be check- doing stealth checks the entire time you're in the room. Okay. Can, so from, from Turbo's perch? Yep. Can he see the door? You need to peek into the room to see more than what's below the vent. Okay. I'd, I'd like to peek in for the purpose of identifying if the door is locked with a spell. Okay. I would like you to roll me a stealth check with advantage. Since you're not entering the room fully, you're just kind of letting your head drip 
below the, the vent. Okay. You're watching for that light, waiting for it to kind of fade, move past when you think you're safe to look, and you peek inside. That's got plus two for dex, so let's see. 19 on the die. Ooh, okay. We just see, like, this upside-down bat just sort of slowly kind of like little bat hands on the edge of the vent, a uh, little bat head peeking out over it. It's the cutest thing that's ever happened in this show. <laughs> um, the space you look into gleams entirely with a sheen of steel. You do see the steel panels cover the floors, the walls. You see steel cabinets hanging above steel tables. You see a space that is vast and clean, nearly spotless, entirely sterile. Various tools of artificery hang in stands or on racks against the walls, meticulously organized by size and shape. Whatever materials or ingredients it's been used in its work have been stored. All notes and schematics filed away in a locked cabinet at the room's back. One bit of color strikes you where you stand. Uh, in the far corner of the room, you see a, a single end table. That It's the only thing in this room that shows any sign of character or sentiment. You can vaguely make out a red cloth and a couple items on top of it, perhaps a, a, some kind of vase and, and a photo, a, a picture in a, in a frame. You can't really make out much. You can also see that that's on one edge of the wall, uh, basically uh, on, the, on the sort of like, say if that's like the, the sort of back left corner you're looking at where that table is, the back right corner, you see the door, the only singular door that leads out of this room. There are no windows. Whatever happens in here, entirely secretive. Mm-hmm. I will say that you see there is a bar drop down, um, kind of like sealing the door from the inside, and you realize that perhaps part of the armored guard inside's job is to lift it to allow access in and out. Gotcha. This is highly, highly protected. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm struggling to see how we're going to get in here. Um, okay, nothing magical about the door lock or the chest lock? Um, I think with an no. action, Blanche would be able to identify... I believe, um, yeah, you, you guys identify, we'll say you just, you do that. Um, you don't see there's any sort of magic okay. involved in these locks. They seem to be more basic. The AG5 inside will sort of open the way. The, in fact, the, the, the chests, I may have mentioned locked, but they're not fully, they're not even locked. The, the file cabinets are like, closed. they're closed. But if someone's in this room, there's no reason to have locks. Because right. if you're in this room, you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to see more, look more at the table, look more at the different like file cabinets, see if you can do anything else, you'll need to make much scarier stealth checks by going into the room. Yeah, I- I'm, I'm just not super certain what we'll learn um, from going to see a picture. Uh, I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess let's try it. I'm going to try it. You're going for it? Once. I'm going to try it once. Okay. I've been rolling well. Okay. I mean... If I roll bad, then uh, at least it'll be interesting. No, advantage <laughs> on this one. Oh, God. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not spending a oh, button on shit. this. I'm not spending a button on this. Okay. Fucking crit my little bat pants. What? Yeah. Holy shit. This little guano dripping <laughs> from the vent. Holy shit. As Turbo crits. Fucking hot tonight. His pants. He's not wearing pants. Somebody, somebody's like, what the fuck? Where'd that go from? <laughs> yeah, it's actually just... The guard just, what? Turns around. <laughs> you got the janitor just like sweeping something it's up. It's so perfectly just, sterile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Um... <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, bud. Describe how you crit sneak through this room as a bat, because that's really cool. <clears throat> um, 
I, I just imagine Turbo, his little feetsies letting go of whatever he's holding on to. <laughs> and his wings are just straight out. And he's not flapping them. He's just coasting. Silent as a bat in the night. <laughs> Damn. Damn. 42. So you move deeper into the room. Do you want to look at the table? Is that your first objective? I mean, that really seems to be the only thing of interest. Unless right? you can open a cabinet as a bat. I, I, I don't want to get into that argument. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. I you... also don't want to roll that stealth check. No. Flit across. Um, the guard moves past you, not seeing, moves to the other side of the room, and you have a moment where you feel totally sort of secure. This small form, you flit up to the table itself. You land on the red cloth. You see a small golden urn sits upon this cloth next to a framed image taken by a diamond recorder. And in this image, you see Eatsman Del Prado. He looks younger than he does now, maybe by 20 years or so. His red tiefling skin is vibrant, his posture stiff and awkward. Besides, and in front of him stands a human woman. Long black hair runs over her shoulder. It frames a face of smiling lips and sorrowful eyes. She wears the garb of a servant. Eatsman's hand rests on her shoulder, a formal, almost cold posture. You also see that the woman in the photo, or in the photo is holding a baby. Tan-skinned, just like her. Human, except except you can see tiny protrusions of horns sticking from the child's head. And before the picture, before the urn, a golden nameplate sits upon the table, bearing a single word. I think that as you read this word, downstairs in the bathroom, Blanche's eyebrows raise, perhaps the tiniest gasp leaves her throat. Because with the reading of this single word, I believe Blanche Trudeau knows who the demon is. We'll see if Stephen follows suit. The word is Rosa. It's been a long time. It's been only been a day for Blanche since this word has come to her ears and her attention. I don't know if... It's been a long time for Stephen and Jeremy, so I don't hold you're against talking, you. You're talking about Rosas? I, I recognize the name. The, it's the, Rosas, it's the, it's like that, the Rosas well, it's estate. It's that place. It's the place of... Uh, fuck. I don't remember the exact significance of it. Wait, that's not the... Um, the isn't that, isn't that the, the... The criminal estate yes, in yes, Los Cavalades yes. is called Rosas. Rosas. Yesterday, before you went off to meet the pig man... Paloma was telling you a bit about your other options. She talked of Serapio. Right. And she talked of a woman named Rosa. A woman who appeared in the old city many years ago. A woman who died but was survived by her son. A boy that vanished for a time, then reappeared with more sudden power, more influence. A boy that took control of one of the estates in the old city, renaming it Rosas in honor of his mother, Serapio. Huh. Serapio is Itzman's son. You might remember the, the small, the, the, actually more at this point, grown tiefling horns that stick huh. from the man's head. You only saw him from a distance, Blanche. Only once at the steps of Moreno. That's right, yeah. And then he was, yeah, and then he came over to, and he came at the funeral. Dance knows him. Dance knows not to trust him. Yeah. He's always going after Dance. Flashback. Remember like 10 minutes ago when I was like, I don't know what I'm going to learn from a picture frame. <laughs> 
I was sitting there smiling like everything is on that picture frame. Well, oh god. No, it's, it's you wouldn't expect it, but yeah. it's weird because it's the only item of sentiment in this entire room. Right, exactly. It's like you walk into, you know, you're playing a video game, you walk into a room and there's an item glowing, you know, silver <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, so I had to go see. I Wow. Okay. Thank you for putting those pieces together for me. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's like, I know your characters are smart enough to know what you just heard a day ago. Sure. It's yeah, been yeah, yeah. months for Steven and Jeremy. Exactly. So it makes sense that I, I'll, I'll inform you. Hey, uh, hey. Yeah. I knew. You did know. You did know. In fact, uh, real quick, button for Jeremy. Oh. For knowing. And a button for Steven. And this is a really fun one. Do you want to know why you're getting this button? Because it's my birthday in two days? No. Because on one of the first episodes... When we entered uh, Sansetian, when you first went to meet Serapio as Zebulon, mm. you were told that Serapio is yet sleeping. He sleeps in until past 10 o'clock. And immediately you were like, that's suspicious, right? Could it be him? <laughs> yeah, it's because it was fucking him because he was attacking you in the desert a few hours before. Oh, holy Take shit. Take a fucking button. My goodness. Oh. I've been sitting on that button for a long time. I heard that and I was like, oh my God, that actually was a clue. It really was. And you realized it was a clue and you just hand waved it. It was like, oh, I love it. We don't deserve you, David. It's we cool don't as hell. You. It was cool as hell. Or, you, or your <laughs> freaking laser sharp memory. Holy for shit. You've uh, learned this. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how Blanche could conceivably get into this room, though. That's tricky. I'm guessing that the bar that holds the door is. More than 10 pounds? Hmm. Probably, right? I mean, a bar holding a door, it's a metal bar. It's an iron bar. It's got to be more than 10 pounds. Yeah. Mm, damn. Uh, okay. Okay, so we took a quick second there. And while we were away, Stephen informed me of a pretty interesting little factoid. Stephen? Factoid? Uh, did you know that a gallon of milk <laughs> or water weighs, uh... Approximately 8.4 pounds. Nerd. So so given that, uh, I tested out a little gallon of water myself. I think it's fully reasonable that a bar holding a door closed from the inside would be less than 10 pounds. Maybe just about 10 pounds exactly. Excellent. So then we got into my line of thinking with uh, casting Mage Hand. And then we were like, okay, cool. There's a door in the way. You know, there's not clear line of sight. Do you need line of sight? Can you cast a spell while looking through the eyes of your familiar? And David's going to rule it as we can do it. It's murky waters. Mage Hand doesn't necessarily come from... You, you can you can cast it with anywhere within range. So you can cast it in the room. You can see what you're controlling because you can see through the eyes of your familiar. It only makes right. sense. I, I, thi I think the... the... The hand can't pass through right. solid objects, but you can cast it on the other side of the solid object. Yeah. And you can see what's in there through your familiar, so I, there's no reason not to allow it. There's no reason that I can see. I think it's cool. I'm super into it. Well, um, pants people, if you think otherwise, let us know. I mean, happy to hear. No, we're not. Any rules lawyers out there? Keep it yourself. <laughs> Keep it in your own pants. <laughs> I'm kidding. Tell us all. Tell us all. We really want to get good at the game. We want to get good at rules. I know historically I've been horrible at them, so please, yeah. Keep well, us in the loop. I mean, this, you know, we've said it before. This is our game. This is how we choose to play it. And if that's the way David wants yeah. to rule it, then that's fine with me. We looked around and did a little bit of Googling, and I think we're all right. Little goggling, and here we are. Little goggling. Okay. Yeah, so so I guess I guess Blanche is going to hide Turbo back up in the uh, roof there 
in the the vent. The vent. Yeah. vent. That's the word. The vent. <laughs> little vent, little chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Little vent, little chimney, and she'll uh, pop out of Turbo's eyesight. And... With a nat twenty on that stealth, I'll, I'll say you're not going to roll it again. You just get through the room again. Very get generous. Up there. Very generous. Very sneaky, little bat. Um, well, how how much time between now and eight o'clock? It's currently seven fifteen. You have forty five minutes till eight o'clock. Okay. Do Do you think that Turbo would have time to go around to see some other stuff that he hasn't already seen? Yeah. Um, you've already scouted out the second floor. I'm not. Gonna, I, I don't think there's too much else. You can like go around the roof. I don't think you see much more. Um, of no, unless there's something in particular you're you're looking for. Mm, nothing I can I can particularly think of. But if you wanted to jump to somebody else, then I can think about if there's anything specific that I want Turbo to look for. One thing I can say is giving you numbers. Uh, there are probably about twenty of the AG five on the premises. Oh wow, okay, that's useful. Yep. Yeah, and there's a few kind of out front, a few sort of mingling around the party, just kind of standing around. Mm-hmm. Um, a few within the within the building that you've seen. So from what you can tell. There's about 20. There could be more. Okay. You know, any, could be some in reserve. Any on the roof or on the the porches? No on the roof, uh, but the, definitely from the roof, as you kind of peek out, you can see there are still the general um, uh, patrols through Papalotion Hill, kind of gotcha. passed by the other manors. So even leaving this party mm-hmm. is dangerous. Okay. I yield my time. Okay. You learn more. So we get to Blanche in the bathroom, just waiting. <laughs> be a little smile on her total face as everything is starting to come together. It's all coming together. Dresden, let's go back to you. I don't think there's terribly much more you can learn just by listening. You mm-hmm. kind of get the main vibes of the party. People are getting excited. Right. The night is coming on soon. The loved ones of the, of the dead will be back and you know it's going to be one hell of a spectacle. A beautiful show of lights as this magic sweeps over the city and the world. Um, and that's kind of what's on everyone's mind. That's the hum of activity now. A lot of these people don't even have, like, there's no offenders up here. The people here aren't, aren't looking forward to seeing loved ones of their own. A lot of them are off-worlders. Uh, but they are looking forward to the show, to staring down at the little people with their little families. Do you have anything in particular you want to pursue? Or would you rather let time pass until your 8 o'clock meeting with Itzmin Del Prado? I don't think there's anything specifically that he wants to do. But I also think that he wants to look around to see if he can get eyes on... What's that fucking dude's name that was next to Eatsman? Kejo Kamal. Kejo Kamal. Okay. He wants to see if he can get eyes on him. Okay. The great scholar of Sensa. Wherever he goes, a crowd follows him, and he's, like, wowing them with a, a sort of magical knowledge he tells the same old stories about the founding of the Crystal Network over and over again. I think as you're listening in, he begins to talk about a very frightful situation he found himself in not far, not that long ago, a few weeks ago, for Kejo Kamal was there during the fall of the Sapphire. He was on Tythos. He was in Cerule. He was paid by the LaRoches to, to essentially line the cobblestone main streets through Cerule's upper city or high city, um, with sort of like some, some, some magical works. He is an architect, and he talks of, of the terror of, of that day, the great storm, the, the zappies. Uh, he doesn't use that term because it's stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who came up with that? He calls them lesser lightning elementals uh, that appeared. That um, sounds smarter. 
little smarter. That <laughs> um, appeared uh, out of nowhere in cracks of lightning. He talks of Ozen Yoshikatsu slicing through the luminaries. He talks of the sapphire draining in color, falling, him being there when Atosh appeared and saved them all. A miracle. I dropped a button. <laughs> I'll take it. Go ahead. It's no, really fine. No, I'll pick it up for you. Um, you can remember that, that uh, you know, as players, Chester mentioned he actually stole from Kedra Kamal earlier that day. He was, he was brought up in the first episode. And so Dresden hearing this is probably noting this is it's very interesting. He's been there mm-hmm. from the start. Okay. I just think, yeah. He's just very aware of people who are clearly important. Yeah. And have presence. Yeah. And he has one hell of a presence. Okay. I mean, it seems like the fact that he's here is what makes this party okay. so huge. Because he, he knows he knows that with those types of people, they are never exactly how they seem. And I think... And that's how they get to that point. What is his deal, right? Is right. he part of the Fractured Horn? Someone this important? Someone hired by the LaRoches? I don't know if he's thinking that specifically. Mm. He just knows that that's not the whole story. Hell yeah. So Dresden is watching, watching. Blanche waiting in the manor. The bat hiding out in the vent. Dresden and Jean Franklin moving through the party. Ramin nowhere to be seen. This is where we find our heroes. When the clock strikes eight. When night officially falls. When somewhere in the Rosas estate... Somewhere in a, a soundproofed room, a man is screaming <laughs> as his body begins to change. As Sereno's great sickness, the claws of this demonic curse reach into the hearts of all these affected and begin to pull at their life energy. When this thing transforms, people begin to wither away. It's drawing from them. Jewels in the borderlands. We're making his check when we get back to him. Ramin, wherever he may be, is getting weaker, dying. But amidst, amidst all this horror, as always in these worlds, there is so much beauty to be found. So let's bring back an old friend for a moment. We watch on. The whole party watches on as the last wisp of sunlight sinks beneath the mountains on the horizon. Stars twinkle in the sky above, and there is a feeling of anticipation everywhere in the air. A city, a world holding its breath. And then we see light. Afrendas set inside homes on porches on city streets begin to glow with the soft light. Wisps of luminescence like slowly forming clouds rise from the bed of candles and marigolds. Hundreds of them. Thousands. Many of these wisps of light begin to streak across the city like slow moving comets in the night. They move to loved ones who do not stand by their afrendas appearing just before whatever person placed the gift upon the altar. There they shape themselves into humanoid forms. The lights fade as figures become more detailed, the body splitting into an assortment of bones. Bright colors shine amongst these skeletal figures like patterns of neon paint applied to their forms. And the silence is broken, the world's breath released, as friends and families rush to greet and hold their return. We see this everywhere. A time of such joy. Tears rolling down cheeks, music reaching a crescendo, people dancing and laughing, and we pan across the desert. We pan far across the borderlands to the town of Milpazul, where each home erupts in exciting laughs and cheers, where the lights of the returning dead shine throughout the town. And we turn our attention to the side of the Pukiria, 
the tavern, where Dance and Jewel spent time in the early hour of this day, setting up a friend of their own. And as expected, we see only one of the two ofrendas starts to glow as a wisp of light trails up from the altar and takes to the skies above the borderlands. And we'll call it there.